Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week our podcast features an episode of You Bet Your Life, where the secret word is clock. It first aired on October 19th, 1949. Ladies and gentlemen, don't tell a soul, but the secret word tonight is clock. C-L-O-C-K. Really? You bet your life! The one, the only... Face is familiar, but I don't place the name. <laughs> oh, that's me, Groucho Marx. Thank you. Well, here I am again with $2,000 for one of our couples tonight. George Fenneman, who's face to try and take it away from me? Just before we went on the air, we asked if there were any youngsters present who'd like to get married someday if they found the right partner. And our studio audience selected Valerie Cote and Mike Maloof. Folks, meet Groucho Marx. And if you say the secret word at any time we're talking, I'll pay $100 in cash instantly. It's a common word, something you see every day. Uh, Valerie uh, Cote, is that the way you... That's right. Where are you from, Valerie? I'm a native. Native of what? California. Of California. And uh, Mike? Mike Maloof? Yes, sir. Where's your hometown, Mike? I'm a native also. Oh. What a coincidence, huh? (laughs) You're both in the same train. hmm? (laughs) How old are you, Mike? I'm 25. And uh, how old are you, Valerie? 19. Tell me, uh, why would you like to get married? Home, children, security. Mm -hmm. You can get that at the bank, you know. (laughs) And, uh, Mike, why would you like to get married? Well, sir, I have no particular reason. (laughs) Well, don't start thinking of any reasons or you'll change your mind. (laughs) By the way, what sort of work do you do, Mike? Well, I'm the chief usher at the Paramount Hollywood Theater. Oh, West Point graduate, huh? <laughs> well, hush my mouth. Say, if you two are married, uh, you could set up housekeeping in the lobby. Huh? <laughs> you could live on popcorn. <laughs> That's in case you want to butter him up. You, know. <laughs> you understand. Where do you, where do you work, Valerie? I'm a fountain girl. <laughs> Would you give me that again, please? I'm a fountain girl. You're a fountain girl? <laughs> what park do you spout in, uh, I don't spout. You don't spout? No. I work at Chapman Soda Fountain. Oh, I see. What do you do at your soda fountain? Make Cokes, sodas, shakes. And shakes? Shakes. Would you mind shaking for me now? Mike, let's get back to you. You're still here, I presume. Yes, sir, I am. Well, you'll have to wait. There aren't any seats. (laughs) As an usher, just just what do you do, uh, Mike? Well, sir, I'm in charge of all the ushers. I schedule their days off and make sure that everything runs smoothly when people come into the theater. Well, what are some of the complaints you have against movie customers, Mike? One of our biggest annoyances would be uh, people in the balcony, young kids shooting water all over the audience on the main floor. (laughs) With little water pistols. They're awful hard to find. Yeah, they're hard to find? You mean the pistols are hard to find? Yes, they're hard in their coats when we come to look for them. Uh Uh-huh. Well, you must spend some very interesting moments, huh? Looking for concealed water pistols in the balcony, Do you ever send five people into a row where there's only three seats? Well, that happens occasionally. Mm-hmm. And what happens then? Well, they come out the other end. 
Mike, are you interested in any particular girl? No, I'm not. Are you interested in a girl if she's particular? <laughs> I don't mean that. I mean, I'm no special girl at the moment. So much who doesn't even have a lady in the balcony. Huh? <laughs> now, what's the favorite dish you make at your fountain, Valerie? It's the ice cream banquet. It's the 60 ice cream cents. banquet? Mm-hmm. We have a... Uh, how do you make it? Huh? We have a scoop of chocolate, scoop of vanilla, scoop of strawberry, scoop of coffee, scoop of peach, scoop of banana nut, scoop of lemon stick... <laughs> Fresh peaches, pineapples, strawberries, raspberries, marshmallow, whole fudge, real whipped cream, pecans, almonds, walnuts, and a cherry. And how much extra is the stomach pump? <laughs> well, are you fond of soda fountain specials, Mike? Yes, sir, I am. I'm not talking about Valerie here, you know. <laughs> Although she's not a bad dish, I'm, would you would you like to go to a movie with him, Valerie? Oh, I think so. And Mike, would you like to hold hands with a girl like in your theater? Yes, sir. You'd like to hold hands with a girl in your theater? Very romantic picture. You holding hands with a girl as you run up and down the aisle. <laughs> Valerie, you better have very long arms. Now answer yes or no. Will you take this girl to your movie? Yes, sir. Then I now pronounce you double features. <laughs> And may you have many selected short subjects. Well, I hope we started something between you two here tonight. And if anything besides a double marshmallow Sunday develops, be sure to let us know. <laughs> now, in just one minute, you're going to work together for $2,000. Right now, pay attention to this. see if you two will get a chance at the $2,000 question. You're going to play your bet your life. Fenneman, bring them up to date on the rules. Each of our three couples has $20. They bet as much of that $20 as they want on each of four questions. The couple that earns the most money gets a chance at the $2,000 question at the end of the show. Our other two couples are in a waiting room off stage, so they don't know what's happening out here. Here we go. Let's see how high you can build your $20. What question category did you select? Movie star. Married names of movie stars. Yes. Is that right? All right, here's your first question. How much will you bet? You've got $20. Ten. Ten? Shirley Agar is her married name. What is her screen name? Temple. Temple. Shirley Temple is right. And they're off to a great start, Groucho. They have $30. How much of your $30 will you bet? Fifteen. Fifteen? What is Esther Gage's screen name? Esther Williams. Esther Williams is correct. They're on their way. They have $45. Here's your third question. How much of the $45 are you going to risk? Twenty. Twenty. What is Betty Briskin's screen name? Betty Hutton. Betty Hutton. These fellas too smart. They're really on their way. They have sixty-five dollars. No wonder he's a general in that movie theater. Now here's your last chance to beat the other couples. How much of the sixty-five are you going to try? Fifty. Fifty. Okay. What is Jane Waterfield's screen name? Jane Russell. Jane Russell is on the nose, and they wind up with a grand total of one hundred and fifteen dollars. Thanks and good luck. Don't run off now. You still have a chance at the big question. Who's next, George? A married man selected from our studio audience and as his partner, a mind reader. They've been off stage, so they don't know the secret word is clock. The gentleman is Mr. Bob Lampert and the mind reader, Mrs. Roberta Vincent. And here they are. Folks, meet Groucho Marx. And if you say the secret word at any time we're talking... Wait a minute, a mind reader. She probably knows what the secret word is already. <laughs> Having a secret word with a mind reader is like carrying coals to John L. Lewis. 
Roberto, let's make it fair. If your partner says the secret word, I'll pay $100 instantly. It's a common word, something you see every day. And you're the partner. Bob uh, Lampert. Uh, you're a mind reader, eh, uh, That's Roberto? Right. I'm, I'm surprised you're still speaking to me, then. <laughs> where, where are you from, Roberto? Originally from Kansas City, Missouri. And uh, Mr. Bob Lampert, eh? Lampert? That's right. Where are you from? Santa Ana. What sort of work do you do? I'm in the sporting goods business. What kind of sporting goods? Oh, rackets, fishing tackle. Rackets? Tennis rackets. How long have you been in the racket racket, huh? Oh, about five years. Mm-hmm. How'd you meet your wife, Bob? Well, I uh, met her in her sleep. What do you mean, you uh, met her in your sleep? She was going to school at the time up at San Jose State. And it uh, seems as though she overworks or crams or anything while she's a sleepwalker. Well, this night I happened to be walking down the street and I saw this job in the uh, pink pajamas. <laughs> you saw this job, did you say? That was before I was married to her. And did you apply for a job? Uh, later on, I did. So, what happened? There she was, and uh, it's about 2 o'clock in the morning, I guess. said clock, and that's the secret word. That means you just won yourself $100. There it is. Congratulations. Now, where were we when that clock struck? Huh? We were at two at the mo- in the morning. That's right. You were on the main street, and you were chasing a girl in her pajamas. <laughs> so what happened? I went up, woke her up, and uh, took her back to the house, and uh, we got acquainted, and I kept coming back. Like a song? Uh... <laughs> Roberta, do you have any little profits at home? I have two of them. What does your husband do, Roberta? Well, he's the superintendent of Olds Manufacturing Company. Well, uh, how did he feel marrying a mind reader? He didn't realize he was marrying a mind reader. He didn't know it for a year, and well, just about a year after he was married. Now, how did he find out? Well, my bank account was so large and his was so small, he couldn't just figure it out. And uh, do you split the money now? I mean, you... oh, well, he uses all mine and all his, so that's what works. Uh-huh. That's a nice arrangement, huh? In addition to your bank account, uh, what does your husband like about you particularly? Oh, I'm a good cook, and I have a very nice disposition. Mm-hmm. You look very amiable. Huh? <laughs> Always cheerful. Huh? Always cheer- very cheerful. Your husband is a very fortunate man. Huh? Not many people that have found a happy medium. Huh? <laughs> How, uh, how would you like to be married to a mind reader, Mr. Lampert? Huh? Mm, might as well be. I can't keep a secret from my wife anyway. <laughs> See, how long have you been married, did you say? Seven years. Seven years. And how old is your wife? Twenty-nine. You think your wife wants you to broadcast that little piece of information? <laughs> On CBS, where 99 million people gather every week? <laughs> Hadn't thought of that. <laughs> Roberta, where do you do this mind reading? Well, at the various e-bell clubs and Eastern Stars and schools. Well, I don't go in for mind reading. The keyhole is good enough for me. <laughs> Which do you find the hardest to read, a, a woman's mind or a man's? Oh, a man's mind, much harder. Well, why, why is that? A woman will believe anything you tell her. <laughs> Not when you stagger in at 3 o'clock in the morning, huh? Now, suppose I took a $20 bill out of my pants pocket. Could you tell me the serial number on it? Yes, I could. Could you also tell me whose pants I was wearing? (laughs) 
suppose you run into some schmoll whose mind is a complete blank. Uh, what do you do then? Well, no person has a completely blank mind. Have you ever been in a nightclub around four in the morning? <laughs> Mr. Lambert, do you agree with what she said? Uh... <laughs> well, now let's play your bet your life for $2,000. Run your $20 into more than our other couples, and you get the chance at the big question later. Now, wait a second. We better ought to know all the answers. She'd win on a walk. <laughs> Mr. Lampett, is your wife in the audience? Yes, yes. Uh, would you ask her to come up here and participate in the quiz? Hey. She can be your partner. Come on up, Ellen. Ellen, come on up, will you? <laughs> you see, nobody's safe while we're doing this show. How is it you're not in your pajamas, Ellen? Huh? <laughs> Hello, uh, Mrs. Lampett. Do you think you're going to be of much help to your husband? He's going to need help when I get him home. <laughs> Well, you help him with the answers, and perhaps he'll win enough to buy you a new mink coat. All right, Fenneman's offstage remind our listeners how much the first couple won. The usher and the soda fountain girl won $115. Here we go. Let's see how high I can build you $20. What question category did you select? Uh, down on the farm. Down on the farm. You're a farm boy, huh? Here's your first question. How much will you bet? You've got $20. Mm, bet 10 10 What kind of an animal is a Guernsey? It's a cow. <laughs> They're off to a good start. They have $30. Now, remember, you're going for $2,000 tonight. How much of your $30 will you bet? 25 What kind of an animal is a shire? S-H-I-R-E. <laughs> it's a goat. No, uh, I'm sorry. It's a horse. <laughs> it's they now a horse. have $5. Well, now on. you've only got $5. Now, here's your third question. How much of the five are you going to try? Shoot the five. Shoot the five. All right. What is a Plymouth Rock? The chicken. The chicken is correct. They're on their way again. They have $10. Here's your last chance to beat the other couples. How much of the $10 are you going to risk? Shoot the 10. Shoot the 10. What kind of an animal is a Holstein? It's a cow. It's a cow is correct. They wind up with $20, Groucho, and on top of that, they said the secret word, so they got an extra $100. <laughs> Thanks and good luck. Now, in just one minute, our last couple will play you Bet Your Life, and then we know who gets the $2,000 question. Now, something I especially want you to hear, so listen closely. Now, then, we'll soon know who's going to earn the most money and get the chance at the $2,000 question. George, who's ahead so far? The usher and the soda fountain girl are leading with $115. Our final couple has been in a waiting room off stage, so they don't know the secret word is clock. And here they are, a volunteer from the Traveler's Aid Society, Miss Nora Broach, and ship's purser Glenwood Hines meet Groucho Marx. Hello, folks, and welcome to You Bet Your Life. If you say the secret word at any time we're talking, I'll pay $100 in cash instantly. It's a common word, something you see every day. Mrs. Uh, Broach? Miss Broach. Miss Broach, uh... That's a good name for a woman on a jewelry show, isn't it? <laughs> Mrs. Uh, I'll call you Nora, huh? All right. <laughs> You're with the Traveler's Aid, eh? Uh, tell me, just where do you travel? I don't travel. Well, where are you from? Uh... Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. How'd you get here? <laughs> I took a train. <laughs> Pretty smooth article, isn't you? <laughs> it isn't easy swiping a train, you know. <laughs> They leave those telltale tracks all the time. 
I say, uh, Hines, Glenwood Hines, huh? Sir. You sound like a summer resort. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you ask somebody, where have you been? He said, I was up to Glenwood Hines for a couple of weeks. <laughs> now, Pricer, what do you do on your ship besides snatch purses? <laughs> oh, I uh, listen to people's complaints and uh, make out the payroll. Tell me something about your, your uh, boat. Well, uh, it isn't a boat, it's a ship. Wise guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, how much do you charge for a bucket of live bait on your ship? Passenger ship. Passenger. Passenger well, ship. How much do you charge for a bucket of live passengers on your ship? <laughs> Just where does your mudscow go? Uh, all the romantic far-off places like Singapore, Cairo, Bali, Bali? No, uh, we go to Catalina. Romance. Catalina, is that the total length of your voyage? From Los Angeles to Catalina? No, uh, oh. go to... Where else do you go? Catalina to Los Angeles. <laughs> Man the lifeboats, mate, I struck a rock. <laughs> uh, how big is your ship, uh, Glenwood? Oh, it's about 300 feet long, 52 feet in width. What's her capacity? Oh, it's about uh, 1,950 passengers. Is that fully loaded? Well, the ship, not the passengers. <laughs> You're turning into a joke snatcher. You know? <laughs> I was lame by that joke, too. <laughs> now, tell me, Moby Dick, uh, how long did... <laughs> This tramp steamer you're on, how long does it take? How long does it take to make your Catalina trip? Which way? Any way but down, huh? How long to Avalon? It takes about uh, two hours and ten minutes. Sir. And uh, coming back? About two hours. Why why is it faster coming back? Is it downhill? <laughs> No, uh, it's, uh, we take a different route and it's a little shorter. You take a different route? And it's Why, you shorter. get sick of the scenery on the <laughs> You ever get seasick? No. Has the airplane business, uh, hurt the uh, boat business much going on? Uh, I don't know. Airplane passengers, they get seasick and they come aboard take the ship ride mm -hmm. and vice versa. Mm -hmm. I never took the vice versa. Is that talking about? <laughs> That's a much smaller boat, isn't it? Now, what do these, these people do once they reach Catalina? Well, they usually uh, go up to the famous Bird Park, Seal Rock Colony, and they also take the uh, famous glass-bottom boat ride. Glass-bottom boat? Glass-bottom boat, yes. I've heard of boxes with glass jaws, but never with that. Well, never mind. <laughs> why, do, why, do, why do they have a glass bottom? Well, so they can uh, see the marine life. Well, some of those marines have very interesting lives. <laughs> I didn't know you could see them through a glass-bottom boat. <laughs> well, let's get back to you, uh, Nora. It's good to see you again. Did you have a nice trip? <laughs> I haven't traveled anywhere. <laughs> well, it's done you a lot of good, anyway. <laughs> As a traveler's aid worker, uh, just what do you do? Uh, oh, we help people who come into the station uh, who are lost. We give them information and direction service. 
Well, what do you get for all this trouble? That's, uh... <laughs> I don't get paid for it. It's volunteer service. And why do you go to all this trouble if you don't get paid for it? <laughs> Hanging around the station. Well, it's very interesting work, and there's a good deal of satisfaction in helping people. Well, that's a wonderful philosophy. Uh, do you have any other job, Nora? Yes, I work at the Los Angeles Credit Managers Association. Well, uh, what are your hours there? Uh, from 8 o'clock in the morning till 4.30 in the afternoon. If I'd only learn to keep my big mouth shut, huh? <laughs> well, Nora, you just said clock, and that's the secret word tonight, so you just made yourself $100. <laughs> I see the sailor is horning in on it. Over there. <laughs> a typical sailor, huh? Now you're going to play your bet your life. If you beat our other two couples, you'll get a crack at the $2,000. I can't tell you how much they won, but George is off stage to remind our listeners. The usher and the soda fountain girl are still ahead with $115. Let's see how high you can build you $20. What question category did you select? Capitals of the world. Capital cities of the world. Here's yes. your first question. How much will you bet? $10. $10. What is the capital city of Spain? Madrid. Madrid is correct. We're off to a good start. They have $30. Remember, you're going for $2,000 tonight. How much of your $30 will you try? Fifteen. Fifteen. What is the capital city of Iraq? I-R-A-Q. Iraq. Take a stab. I'm sorry, it's Baghdad. That was a tough one. They now have $15. All right, you've got $15. Here's your third question. How much of the 15 will you try? Ten. Ten. What is the capital city of the Republic of Israel? Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv is right. Yeah. Well, they're on their way again. They have $25. All right, you've got $25. Here's your last chance to beat the other couples. How much of the 25 are you going to risk? 20. 20. What is the capital city of Greece? Athens. Athens. Athens is right. And they wound up with $45, Groucho. And on top of that, they said the secret word, so they got an extra $100. And that means the usher and the soda fountain girl with $115 get the chance at the $2,000 question. And here's the winning couple, Groucho, the usher and the soda fountain girl. Well, back again to try for $2,000, eh? Good luck, and I'll give you 15 seconds to decide on a single answer between you, so talk it over thoroughly and no help from the audience, please. Here it is. The east and the west were finally linked together when a golden spike was driven at Promontory Point, completing the first transcontinental railroad. In what state is Promontory Point? Mr. Maloof, what is the answer you two have decided upon? Wyoming. Oh, I, I'm sorry. The correct answer is Utah. Oh! So that means the big question next week will be worth $2,500. Congratulations and thanks to both of you. Thank you. You Bet Your Life is a John Goodell production. Transcribed from Hollywood, directed by Bob Dwan and Bernie Smith. Music by Jerry Fielding.
Here he is, the one, the only, Groucho. The program, You Bet Your Life, was a trivia game show hosted by Groucho Marx. It first aired on radio in 1947, then transitioned to NBC television in 1950. The show changed very little when it went from radio to TV. In each episode, Groucho is introduced to the music of Hooray for Captain Spaulding, his signature song introduced in the 1928 Broadway musical Animal Crackers. The show consisted of a pair of contestants betting money that they could answer trivia questions correctly. At first, each couple started with $20. They were asked four questions in their given category, like states or cooking or history. For each question, the contestants could bet up to all of their money. Over time, the format was tweaked. It was no fun for anyone if a lot of guests lost all of their money right away. If the couple did lose all their money, they were asked a final question to get a consolation prize, usually about $25. These questions were easy, like who's buried in Grant's tombs, in hopes of ending their session on a light note. Each show had a few pairs of contestants on. The show also had a secret word. The word could be anything, and if a contestant said the word at any time, buzzers would sound, the audience would go nuts, and they received a cash prize. While trivia game shows always hold a certain popularity, the appeal of this show was Groucho Marx. He would interview each couple for a few minutes before the game began. This interview was the heart and soul of the show. He would rib, rib the contestants, but without going over the line into being mean. Contestants were paired individuals, usually of the opposite sex. Sometimes celebrities would be paired with ordinary people, and it was not uncommon for the contestants to have some sort of newsworthiness about them. This format allowed plenty of material for Groucho, who really didn't need much to begin with, to use his tremendous comedic and improv skills. In one episode, General Omar Bradley was teamed up with an pr army private, and Groucho goaded the private into telling Bradley everything that was wrong with the army. Some of the guests included big names like Ray Bradbury, Ernie Kovacs, Johnny Weissmuller, Liberace, and Don Drysdale. In other cases, the guests were little known but became famous later on. A witty housewife named Phyllis Diller, blues singer and pianist Gladys Bentley, strongman Paul Anderson, John Barber, and Ronnie Shell appeared as contestants while working on the fringes of the entertainment industry. A southerner, Harlan Sanders, talked about his finger-licking recipe for fried chicken, which he parlayed into the very successful Kentucky Fried Chicken restaurant. William Peter Blatty won $10,000 and used the leave of absence the money afforded him to write The Exorcist. No one in the audience knew who contestant D Dawes Butler was until he began speaking in Huckleberry Hound's voice. He and his par partner went on to win the top prize of $10,000 while Cajun politician Dudley LeBlanc, a Louisiana state senator, demonstrated his winning style at giving campaign speeches in French. The program was hugely successful and was rerun into the 1970s and later in syndication as the best of Groucho. As such, it was the first game show to have its reruns syndicated. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.